Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. Hey guys, today we are answering your questions. We're going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about step-parent, step-child relationships. We're going to talk about parenting advice for rebellious kids and excess toxic behavior because that's always a fun topic. So stay tuned. Okay, let's get straight into the viewers' questions. Yeah, well, first I want to say sorry we didn't show up last week. Oh, yeah. How come? I forget now. I had a growth on my lip removed. Oh, yeah. And you had a big old fat swollen lip. It really hurt to talk. Yeah. And since that's what I do for a living. Yeah. It was interesting. Last week was very interesting. So thanks for your grace and patience that we didn't release an episode last week. We're back this week. Things are healing nicely, I think. My wife's a professional talker. <laughs> Who else can relate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the jokes. Okay. Uh, the jokes I could say back. I know. <laughs> like I'm a professional listener, you guys. Yeah, it's not. You yes. talk more than me. Nope. Um, so today we're answering your guys' questions. I love, I, what I love most about receiving everyone's questions is that it makes me feel less alone in what we're dealing with to know that other people too have like that's, that's kind of the point of this right? th- that's why we started yeah this but it's it's just nice to know that other people have things that they're dealing with because sometimes well, it can <laughs> seem like everyone's getting along and everything's well, it's nice going to know great other for people, other people but yeah it's nice to know other people i have uh, are dealing with things but it's sad to know other people are dealing with things like we don't we want this to get better. Like that's the point of this whole thing. And obviously, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fix everything and everyone's problems in the world. But hopefully, we can help lessen the blow and start conversations that you guys finish in your own homes. You know, we are a catalyst to open up possibility and maybe level up choice. But in the end, you and your significant other in your home need to sit down, regardless of what you hear us say on this podcast, or you know. Um, or what you read in a book, you really need to sit down with your significant other and decide what are our choices, what it, what is best for our family. Because what is best for your family may not be what's best for our family. What worked for us may not worked for you, but what the point is is to be to have those discussions to spark, you know, creative um, out, you know, creative juices, get them flowing. Yes. <laughs> Solutions, that's the word I was really going for. But yeah. to think outside the box, to get creative solutions, to figure out how can we go about this and tackle this in a way that maybe we haven't thought of before. Because there's always possibility. There's always choice. There's always another way you could you could do this. And I think we get stuck in there's only one way or there's no other way, and it can feel very hopeless. So that's the point of us being here is to really just help open up possibility for your family, to level up choice for your family, to let you know you can do things differently, and we're going to spark conversations that you're going to finish in your home. Okay. Okay, so question one. We have four questions today. We'll get through these, um, hopefully in an hour or yeah. less. <laughs> um, Lickety split. 
The first question, can you come back from a broken step-parent, step-child relationship? I mean, yeah, I feel like you can technically come back from anything, can you not? It, t- it takes work. It takes doing. I mean, it takes um, effort. Yeah, and it takes both people. Relationships are not one-sided. So right. I think that time does a lot of the work. Because with time comes age, with age hopefully comes maturity, and with kids too, kids have zero life experience under their belt. And they're being asked to be in a relationship with a step-parent, which is a very complex role. The step-parent role is a very complex one, not clearly defined for most people. Um, It's a weird role because it's no power, all the expectations. And so kids are having to be in relationship with a complex role that they don't even understand, that they're trying to figure out, that they have no life experience for, and that can kind of be really difficult for a child to to navigate and latch on to. So I think time takes care of that, right, with life experience and maturity, um, and time kind of calms things down and puts things into perspective. So I think time is your friend, when you're thinking of this, but don't you feel like the step, you might want that as the step parent, but don't you feel at some point the stepchild has to want that too? Well, it's got, it, there's got to be effort on both ends. If there's no efforts on, on both ends, a relationship can't be one-sided. So at the end of the day, there's got to be a little bit of want from at least both parties. That's right. And I feel like regardless of if you want it and they don't type of a situation, I think you can get to a place of peace either way. So maybe the question is not necessarily can you come back from a broken step-parent, step-child relationship because that's dependent on both parties, but can you be at peace? Can you be okay? Can you be accepting of whatever relationship whatever relationship you end up having with your step-child as the step-parent or vice versa? If you're a step-child listening to this, can I be at peace except or be okay with the relationship that I'm I'm having with my step-parent or not? And I think that's more of the question. Um, but I do think it's possible. I do think that it just does take a lot of forgiveness. Yeah, it takes uh, it, it, all the things. Forgiveness, effort, hope, kindness. <laughs> like, like, you name it, it takes it. Yeah, one of the worst, one of the things that will keep you from coming, having that comeback story you want is living in the past, drudging up the past, mm. bringing up the past, like m- more about how, how can we move forward? What does a relationship look like moving forward from the past? You know, exploring together with your stepchild, if they're an adult at this point, what kind of relationship do you want to have? What kind of relationship do we want to have together? I think that is worth exploring, and I think that's a really positive way to move forward, you know, and and not always hanging everything on the past because we cannot fix the past. We can't change the past. Right. We can't alter the past. It's done. So if you really want a relationship with – and I'm experiencing this right now with my stepdad. Actually, we can talk about that because that's a real-life situation. Okay. Can you have a comeback – from a broken step parent step child relationship. Yeah, I mean you're working on one right now. You yes. know, it is it's not it's not all cakes and rainbows, but it is definitely heading in a more positive direction than say 6 months ago. Yep. It is. And I think one of the things I've learned about having a comeback story with my own stepfather is letting go of what I thought it was going to be or what I think it should be or what I hoped it would be, and really just moving forward day by day and accepting what is and who he is and what the reality of the situation is, owning my limitations and my boundaries. Because our relationship looks very different now as we're rebuilding something than it might than it did five years ago, let's yeah. say. Well, and I think a lot of people uh, put expectations and um, um, standards 
you know, or they they expect something to be one way and it's not, you know, they put a lot of expectations into the way it should be. And rather than just accepting the way things are, you know, I mean, I don't know. Truly. And I think to move forward, you, you always have to let go. There's always a let go to move forward or multiple let goes. You have to let go of things in order to go to the next bar on the, what is it? The monkey bars, you know, where you're letting go of one bar to go forward on the next. Yeah. Like that is relationships. If you want to move forward in relationships and you don't want to get stuck hanging there or you don't want to fall down and you don't want to go backwards, then you must let go. It's your only option. So it's, it's kind of like when you're evaluating a comeback story with your, with your stepchild or someone in your life, you need to evaluate what must I let go of to be able to move forward, knowing that things probably aren't going to be the same because the past is done. Right. So I hope that helps. Moving right along to number two, um, this person wants parenting advice in their blended family home on how to deal with a troubled preteen so 12 years old oh yeah we have, we have no experience with that <laughs> their troubled preteen is acting out they feel specifically because um there's an absent bio mom so they this preteen lives full time with them and bio mom is is absent and so the way that this child is acting out is vaping cussing lying um you know, hickeys from boys, extreme anxiety when being confronted. And so just doing all of the rebellious behaviors and they're just asking for some parenting advice around that. A lot of that, I mean, I don't have all the parenting advice for that, but a lot of that is really um, just standard teen behavior, whether there is, whether it's, you know, rooted out of this or not i feel like a lot of teens deal with this type of behavior i can think back you know not that long ago not as long as you were in junior high and high school (laughs) and uh there were a lot of kids exhibiting the same behavior right and um probably had different circumstances and there you know it's something i face often um, with our own children is ex- extending a little bit of grace to them because they are going through this change of life, this hormonal change, um, everything around them, you know, and um, they act out and they all act out in their own ways, but a lot of them have very similar behaviors. A lot of these that you just mentioned are some of those simula- similar behaviors that a lot of kids um, act out in not necessarily ours, but what I have noticed and what I have done in our situation is rather than being angry and mad, which obviously we are, um, trying to pour into them more, trying to keep them around you more. And a lot of kids and a lot of teens especially don't like that from their parents, but finding ways to keep them busy, finding ways to be a part of their life, whether they know it or not. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, hey, let's go see a movie together. Like, kids don't want to go see movies with their parents at that age, you know. But if you have them doing stuff that they don't realize they're hanging out with with mom or dad, then um, it diverts the attention pretty easily. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. A lot of kids, a lot of teens have a lot of time on their hands. And I think that's because... Parents, when they have little children, understand that they cannot leave little children alone. Right. Little children will hurt themselves, make really poor decisions, um, are not capable or able to do things for themselves yet. And so we must be around them and, and all, all their times accounted for. You know for. what's funny is our teens aren't far off. That's what I was just getting at. Were you? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like... like at what point in time is there this bridge that's like, all right, now they're good to go. Um, you know, take the leash off, let them run free. And I, well, this is interesting. This reminds me of, um, something I asked, um, 
I paid for a lawyer's time and advice actually multiple times throughout my journey. And one of the things that we discussed, and I was just curious about in family law court, now we're in California, so you all might have different facts in different states, but this reminds me, there's, um, I asked what the law was, <laughs> what's the law around an age limit for staying home alone? Like at what age can a child stay home alone and that's legal, quote unquote, right? Where a judge would be like, oh, that's fine. And um, it's, there is none. Right. So that's like, w- this, that's, this is making me think of, it's like, it's subjective, right? Like family law is very subjective. It d- it's dependent on how mature the child is and the circumstances and the ability and capability. It depends on all these things that a judge would take into account to discern if said child being left home alone was... It was just a curious question I, I had asked way back when, but I'm just like, yeah, what is that? It's so subjective, right? Like, I don't know when is appropriate to leave kids to their own devices. Well, you know, and I see in our own kids, they have matured and grown in their own ways, and then they have not matured and grown <laughs> in their own ways, every single one of them. And um, just because you're 18 doesn't, I, yes, you're legally an adult, but doesn't make you like capable of all. It doesn't make you, you know. So it's our job as parents to raise these kids to be prepared for that day in life that they turn 18, that they turn 21, that they turn 25, that they turn 32 and now can become the president of the United States, you know. It's like, yeah, just because you have hit a certain age doesn't necessarily mean that you have earned it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. So we talked about this maybe last podcast or the podcast before that you need to keep your, well, my mom told me to keep my kids, her parenting advice was keep your kids busy and broke. And they'll, for the most part, stay out of trouble. I mean, that's not perfect, right? No, but it's, 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 it's a lesson of keeping your kids, like, time accounted for. Do you, you, do you account for your children's time? If you're not able to be there, are you setting them up for success by from this time to this time, this is what you're going to be doing, this is where you'll be, this is who you're with, if it's not with me. Um, I think a lot of – and I think parents celebrate kids getting older because they're like, yay, I don't have to be there every second of every day. They can pour a bowl of cereal. They can stay home alone and not – die like it's it's a they I celebrate mean, that <laughs> i don't know I but i think worry sometimes i think parents are excited for that so they l- leave kids home alone yeah i was home alone a lot were you home alone a lot mm, yeah probably yeah sixth grade on fifth, fifth yeah probably sixth grade on yeah you know um uh, not very long maybe an hour or two after school yeah you know it wasn't anything too crazy and too wild um now, was that the smartest decision my parents have ever made? Like, in hindsight? Like, no, absolutely not. Same, absolutely like, not. No. <laughs> I'm like all the things I got away with, right? Yeah, and it wasn't anything like, at least for me, it wasn't anything like, holy cow, like, I can't believe I did that as a kid. But it's like, that was the time I really picked on my sisters. That was the time I ate whatever I wanted, you know? It's it's the time that you just... You do the things that your parents are trying to teach you not to do. <laughs> yeah. As, as, as we sit here and all of our kids are home alone. <laughs> um, so I think Why when you kids, change the subject. <laughs> no, I think when kids are acting out, though, when you have rebellious teens or preteens in your home, regardless of the causation, I think what you what you can do to help that is just start accounting for their time, planning their time, having a plan so they're not just idly like idle right they they know what they're doing they know who they're with get them involved in activities whether they want to or not um you know take them with you if you're able to take them with you even if it is to the grocery store or stupid errands you know well that on that topic right there i feel like a lot of parents this day and age give their kids a choice you want to go with me you want you know stop asking your kids they're, for, they're not going to want to go with no, you. No, stop asking sometimes. your kids for an okay or what they want to do. Like, if you need your kids to go with them, let them know, hey, we're going here. 
this is going to happen, you know, and I'm sure I'll get called out again like I did. I got called out on one of the other episodes of, um, what is it, off the, uh, I can't even pronounce it. I don't know what you're talking about. But I don't okay. know. You basically, got called out. What do you want to say to that person if you could say back? I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, your parents don't love you. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's it's one of those things, like, I can't even remember what they said. It was uh, basically, like, when, uh, you know, an adult and it, you're overlooked and, like, it's just, I don't know. It's Anyways, my brain's not on today. I'm, uh, my, I'm like, I'm mush today. Mm-hmm. People don't like me on this anyway, so. That's okay. not true. Um, keeping your children busy and broke, their time accounted for, and that does take a lot of intentionality and effort as a parent, and I know we all were told the lie that it gets easier when our kids get older. I certainly believe that, and it does not. It gets harder, and if it doesn't get harder, it certainly the same level of hard changes because you're dealing with the d- just different stuff, right? Before it was, I have to block a s- steep stairs with a gate. And now it is, you know, my friends, my children's friends are smoking weed. And what do I, how do I navigate that? Right? Both destructive for children. So I think it's just, it doesn't get any easier. And I think that's a lie we tell ourselves. We don't get a break. We don't get to breathe. Like as parents, we are stewarding these kids' lives. So um, steward it well. Do what you can. Get oh. a support system. Get them Get them busy. Get them. Authoritarianship. Oh, Dang. you came up with the word? Authoritarian. Yeah, and I'm like, What's where are there, where's the, where's my button? Where are their, where are their parents? <laughs> I don't even have audio, do I? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I'm on our board's message. Um, yeah, I'm like, were, you, were they freaking parents? They called you out on being an authoritarian? Yeah, I'm like, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, you I'm, you are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I started, I was, I just left it alone. I'm yeah. like, your parents never loved you, and I apologize. Like, that's a real thing, oh. too. Like, oh. sometimes parents don't love their kids, but yeah. I don't think people listening to this are in that. Otherwise, like, why waste your time, right? If you don't love your kids, like, I don't know, either try to love them. By going through this and listening, if not, like, whatever. Get help. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, get a dog. Stop making kids, you know? Like, I'm sorry your parents didn't love you. The other... <laughs> sorry. No, I mean, it's the true. Like, it, that probably sucks. Like, yeah, you're, I don't know. Your parents well, I And that's something that is really good to bring up because a lot of kids hate... Most kids, all kids, I don't know, many kids who really like rules who kids are like stoked on rules of the house and stoked on boundaries and structure and consequence, like all of those things, you know, kids aren't really stoked on, but I will say um, it gives them a sense of security and it gives them a sense of they know what to expect. And so it's safe. So I don't think anyone loves rules, right? We all want to do what we want to do and we all want to live outside the bounds, but you can't do relationships like that. You know, try having a marriage with zero rules, right? We can do whatever we want and talk to whoever we want and sleep with whoever we want and spend money however we want. Like, there's just no rules. It's a free-for-all, right? Boundaries actually protect relationships and marriages and boundaries protect our children. And structure and consequence and consistency help kids feel safe. So that that's the other thing here. It's like um, make sure that there's consistency and structure and boundaries and consequences. That infrastructure will help this preteen to calm down and feel safe. So um, whatever the consequence is for lying and vaping and cussing, you know, be consistent with that. And you have to kind of just like that's the line you're drawing in the sand and you can't give up on that because kids will push you till you break. And then we wonder why kids don't respect parents because they're able to now control the situation because they've altered your conviction around this rule or this boundary or this belief. Whenever kids can alter your position on something that you value, they now have the power and control and they will leverage that 
to get what they want. And kids don't even know who they are yet. They don't know what's in their best interest. They have zero life experience. They don't, they have no basis for that yet. And so it is our job, like I said, to steward these kids' life. The other thing that she wrote, there was a word that stood out was um, the word confront or confronted. Mm-hmm. How does it go when we confront our children with something? Well, usually, I, I mean, how does in our situation? Or well, I just think about that. Like when I get confronted, yeah. it feels very like accusatory. Like if if I get so I, I I invite and I don't know what's going on here really I'm not in their home but that word just kind of stuck out as an opportunity to explore you know how are we talking to our preteens as well if we're confronting them and that's coming off like when I feel confronted about something I feel like I'm being accused and the second I'm confronted or feeling accused I'm defensive and I stop listening. And that's not Julie specific. That is human specific. That's pretty Julie specific. <laughs> I can confront you about something and you're going to receive and be like, oh, thanks. I'm, I'm making jokes. I apologize. Oh. No, I just didn't know if that's like. Anyway, but that's human specific, right? So I think when we're talking to our, our teens, you know, being curious instead of accusatory goes a long way. Hey, I noticed that this happened is there something you want to talk about or discuss? And this is something I work with my clients and coaching around all the time. So um, if you are interested in all about how you can communicate with anyone in your blended family better to create connection instead of breaking connection, reach out at becomingheardnow at gmail.com because when connection is broken, it's really hard to make forward movement in any relationship, you have to maintain some level of connection to be heard, to be seen, to to move forward. So I just take that, like, how are we talking to our preteens? Not that we don't address things, we absolutely do, but if you're going to attack someone, anyone, whether it's a child, an adult, and be accusatory, the expectation for them not to be defensive is unrealistic, I feel. And then that just leads to, like, fighting and arguments. You know what I mean? Know what you mean. Okay. Number three. Um, this person wants to know how to manage bio mom's toxic, destructive behavior. And I have a list of examples of said toxic behavior. Um, she blocks texts from bio parents. This is between the bio parents. So okay. she'll block texts so bio parent can't reach out. And then if the texts aren't blocked, she will not respond. Like, just won't respond. And if she does, it's not in a timely manner. So it's too late to do anything about said situation. Um, She constantly brings up the past. She trash talks um, her her ex's fiancé to him. So, like, she'll make derogatory comments about her ex's fiance's appearance like get her a nose job stuff like that she speaks poorly of bio dad in front of child and she's actually told her ex that she wants to fuck up his life quotes i'm not cussing that's just a quote like that is the added that is like what she so she's just out to get him Yes. So she's just a bitter person who, it, I mean, it sounds like probably like 90% of our exes, like this is what people do. Like people have a problem with other people doing better and moving on and just like, I don't know, what's the old saying? Build a bridge and get over it. You know, <laughs> and I know, so I know, good. I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but yeah. that's just, again, human nature. Like, I don't know. I think in... We were just talking about this the other day, like stop worrying about what other people think, you know, and you had some things to say to that. But at the end of the day, like you kind of can't live your life worrying about what other people think and what other people say and what other people do. We can't control any of those people. So we have to continue to live our lives the way we want to live our lives. If not, we're living our lives the way they want us to live our lives. That's true. What would you say to 
this toxic ex, like how would you what advice would you give Nothing. to the co-parent oh, for this toxic like, ex like the toxic the toxic toxic ex i would say nothing to them i would not i would not interact with them at all unless absolutely possible you minimize communication to the most minimum requirements possible and other than that don't care about what they're doing don't watch what they're doing don't look at what they're doing pay them the least amount of feasible time possible yeah and what about expectations like just have none um, yeah you can't have expectations for someone like this you, you expect the worst if that's what you want like expect them to show up the way they normally show up like expect that out of them but that being said doesn't mean that you need to automatically react that way assuming that they're going to show up on their worst behavior they're going to say or do or be on their worst behavior so the way I, the reason i say just have no expectations you know it, you know that they're going to misbehave probably that's their mo but just pretend like they're going to do that all the time but don't put anything don't put any effort back into that yeah and I want to help the so the person who wrote in was actually um, not the bio parent in this situation, and so the question was how to manage bio mom's toxic, destructive behavior. You can't manage that, meaning you ha you can't change it, you can't control it. Um, she is until she wants to change. It's going to be Groundhog Day for you and your fiance, unfortunately. So but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have. I mean, her, it can, I mean with she with might. her, she yeah, let her. But don't let it become Groundhog Day. Take yourself out of that equation and that situation as much as possible. That's and that's my point is have the least amount of interaction and reaction to her as possible. If she doesn't do something nice, if she doesn't say, I don't care if you're face to face in person, and she has something snooty or rude to say. Don't even reply to her. Literally turn your back on her and walk away. Simple as that. Yeah, give her nothing. Give her no piece of you. Give her no part of you. Um, let her die alone on her own hill of toxicity and trash. Don't go climb that hill and be in the trash can with her. Um, and let's talk about the child in this situation. How can either step mom or bio dad in this situation help this little child who is stuck you know in, in being, all of it yeah by being consistent by not interacting with this because what happens if you start interacting with this and you try to get your kid to realize this is going on the kid or his kid's not dumb the kid already realizes this is going on the kid already sees this happening and i'm sure is getting an earful at the at the parent's house what happens if you start interacting with this and trying to combat this from the other side? Well, now the kid's getting it from both sides and the kid, this is all the kid's living. This is the kid's life now. They're getting it from one house and then they're getting it from the other house and they never have time to settle down and be free. And that's exactly what we've done at our house because we've recognized this and this has happened with some of our children and it has given our, it's, it has allowed our house to become a safe haven for stuff like this, where the kids can now just settle down and not have to worry about this. We're not going to sit there. Julie and I don't talk trash to our children about the other parent. You know, it, uh, we, don't, we don't bring the kids into this and, and beat them down about it because they're already getting stuff at the other house. Now, it's minimized over the years, and that is, that's part of the tactic. That's part of the strategy. You know, it, it, and it, once that situation calms down and it's, not happening as often it tends to just simmer down and go away yeah because anytime you give hate oxygen it fuels it's that just fire, like a fire yeah. yeah so any attention you give hate ev any recognition any um combat combatants i don't know if that's a word but you need to let hate die alone and really you can love i mean that's a big ask to love those who hate you um but that is, you know, kill them with kindness is, is one of the say is a saying for a reason. I think it takes, you have to get to a certain place. That's its own journey to get to a place of kindness when somebody is so yeah, mean but and I, nasty. I, I, but I think a lot of people take that saying, kill them with kindness. 
Yeah. And they use it in more of like a a snooty, um, very fake, passive aggressive way. And that's not kindness. No, like gen, you have to be genuinely like a a heart posture. I'm just saying, I'm saying from like a very like broad term of that. I think a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to smile at them and I'm going to, I'm going to nod my head at them and it turns into a sarcastic kindness. And in your heart of hearts, that's not kindness. That's true because you're just trying to manipulate a situation and you're not being genuine at all. And all, and all it is, is just, it becomes just manipulative. Yeah. The other thing that this this woman said that I can speak to because I've dealt with this myself is um, having an ex berate you to your significant other. Having an ex talk poorly about you in, in text or in per- whatever, in whatever format, to the person that you're with. And then having an, having an expectation of how your significant other should handle that, Right. Um, and so it's just funny. It's like, well, if you have the best advice on how to handle that, well, I probably shouldn't be getting advice from you. Me? No. I'm so confused. Forget it. I know. Okay. Um, no, but I think you've handled this. This is something that we've dealt with. And I think the way you've handled it has been very stand up. And even though at times it made it, I might have felt a certain way about it. I do think it's right. So the way that you've handled this before is that you don't handle it. You let you let negativity just fall at your feet and die, and you don't engage in response, and you feel like that's the right thing to do. Can you speak to that? Because this is something that happens a lot that I don't know if men know. You handled it so wonderfully, and I think it's it's righteous. It's the right way to do it, I feel, but it's it's something I know a lot of men probably get texts like negative negative no, texts just, about the who they're with. It's just people trying to control other people. Again, it's a manipulative tactic. It's like if you had a pet goldfish and it died in a week, you know, or or let's call it five years, you you were you were married to a goldfish for five years and the goldfish died. Well, why am I going to take advice from you? on how to raise and nurture a goldfish. Like you killed the damn thing. Who are you to give me advice? Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And what if that what if that person is saying how ugly your goldfish is? Well, it doesn't matter. Like it it's all in the eyes of the beholder of the goldfish owner. Yeah. And so you just don't respond to those kind of comments you don't try to defend your no or, position or, or talk, like yeah no like why like what's it have to do with anything what the, you know what i mean like i'm a car guy if i build if i build a, a a car or a vehicle and someone comes up to it at a meet or a car show and wants to belittle the car that you know i love so dearly that i put you know all this effort into like why am i going to listen to someone else like um one of my friend, uh, one of my son's favorite sayings, you know, when it comes to like his dirt bike or cars or something, like for instance, like we'll just say, we'll just say, um, and it's and it's funny for like social media, you know, like uh, kids will be talking trash on a on a kid, uh, on, you know, on a guy or a kid on. Uh, we're just gonna say his his Yamaha, his his uh, YZ two fifty F, and and my son will be like, well, what color is your YZ two fifty F, you know. Because a lot of these people talking trash don't have what they're talking trash about, you know? Like, talking trash about your Ferrari. Well, what color is your Ferrari? Oh, wait, what? You know what I mean? It's like, haters are going to hate. So why indulge in them? Why why give them the satisfaction of allowing them to do this? So they already had their chance with you, you know? They already had their chance with your significant other or whatever. They ruined it. It's gone to hell. Like, you belittling them is only a way of manipulating the situation. So screw them, don't listen to them. Yeah, and I think that as if you are the one being belittled, then you just have to consider the source and understand it's probably like your insecurity is showing. That's like one of my favorite things. That was my point at the beginning. Like your parents probably didn't love you. Like sorry for the authoritarianship. (laughs) Like I I have a great relationship, you know, with my kids and like I, I lay down the law and either respect me or don't authority. Yes. I am your parent. I am your dad. 
I am your authority until you are 18 and you live on your own. Yes, authoritarianship through and through. That's how we raise our children. That is the problem with our society today is parents don't want to raise their children. Parents want community and TV and social media to raise their children. Well, now you wonder what the hell's wrong with your children. When And I'm not saying this specifically to anyone or, you know, our listeners as a whole, but this is a big problem that we have. Like we are given our children to raise them. There's a reason I am dad. There's a reason you are mom. It does. It's not like, Hey, pop out a baby from a, from, you know, an underground sewer source and it will just let it run free and figure out what happens to it. Like, no, uh, us parents need to take pride in raising our children and raise them with standards and with values. If we just let our kids stay home, go on social media as much as they want, and we just give them no authority, then the world is raising our children. Yeah, I've seen firsthand how allowing, well, your kids are going to be influenced, and that's why they need you to teach them different um, and not to give in to influence that they don't giving your children choice that they don't have to listen to what they know is wrong. And they're, but they're going to try to. They're yes. going to test boundaries. They're going to test limits. Yeah. And it's our uh, we don't throw them out after the first time or the second time or the tenth time or the hundredth time. It's our job to keep reeling them back in and showing them right from wrong, talking them through right from wrong. That's right. Like if this was the case, then I would have thrown my son out years ago but the the fact of the matter is my con- my son continues to grow my son continues to be better and better mm-hmm. and see through the worldly bullshit yeah we don't give up on our children we don't give up on our children and um i have seen firsthand how influence of you know youtube or or you know instagram snapchat tiktok all these things that kids are really in that influence affects mental health and if you don't, if, if kids don't have a strong enough voice to combat that because their brains aren't fully developed, kids are very moldable and very pliable. Um, the, you know, you could raise a kid up to worship the tree in the backyard and pray to it every night and, you know, whatever. You can, you can teach a kid to do anything. Truly, they're that moldable and pliable. So they are so easily influenced that if you aren't able to stand strong in your convictions and steward their lives and raise them up in the way they should be going, if they don't have that from you in your home, even as a step parent, right? How you live your life will speak louder than any words you could ever say to these kids. Or, you know, so if you're not strong in your convictions and you aren't able to hold boundaries and you are able to to provide structure, then this influence will affect their mental health. I've seen it. It's, it's really hard. It's scary. But we're also like, we're always growing. We're always learning. So just because your kid turns 18 doesn't mean that they're out and free. Okay. Boys brains are said to, to develop all the way till 24, give or take. Doesn't mean that we stop learning. You know, I'm like, if you're a parent, be a parent, parent your kid until the end, like see them through, you know? Yeah. You, you ease off a little bit. You let them go out and, and just like uh, leaving the kids at home, you know, or whatever that looks like, you give them a little bit at a time. You you test them, but you never give up and you never stop talking to them and allow them to keep learning. I mean, I'm, I'm 41 years old and my parents have eased up a lot on me since I was 14 years old. Yeah. However, I still have talks with my parents. I still bounce ideas off them. And vice versa. And that is part of just having a relationship. That is part of having a mom and dad. When I turned 18, I didn't lose my mom and dad. When I turned 24, I didn't lose my mom and dad, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. We are their parents. We're their parents for a reason. And if you want your kids to turn out a certain way, then you need to pour into them. Because hopes and dreams don't mold children. Only good parenting molds children. Yeah. Good. Last question. Last question. Um, this is around religion. So the person who wrote in says that they are in their home Christian, and the kids have um, parents who are not. 
And so the kids are being raised in their home as Christian, and then both sets of kids go to the other two sets of homes, and they have different religious beliefs in those homes. And so these kids are confused, and they're just wanting advice and guidance on how to handle that, you know, raising Christians in your home, and then those kids having different experiences in the other home and trying to reconcile the two and the confusion. What do you do with that? I mean, a simple answer, live it out, live out exactly what you want your kids to see, live out what it means to be a Christian, what it looks like to be a Christian. And ultimately, ultimately, no matter how you slice this, dice this, push it or pull it, the kids are going to choose what they want to choose one day. And the kids may waver back and forth because they're learning, they are learning different ways. But ultimately, if you live out what you believe in and how you believe it, the kids are going to see that and the kids are going to be, they're going to see the power in living a Christian life. And I think at the end of the day, like God always wins. Like I think at the end of the day, if the kids are going to choose one way or another, it'll, it'll bear fruit. Yeah, I, I think right now you're just in the seating, and that's not the fun part, right? Seeding, you don't see fruit, you don't see growth necessarily, like, you know, you've just dug up your terrain, and maybe you've flattened the soil and fertilized the soil, and that's stinky, and then you get these little seeds, and you have to dig holes to plant the seed. I mean, it's a lot of work up front, right, before we even get to growth and fruit and harvest and all of that, and so, you know, you're in the long game. Well, and here's another thing that I have to say to that too, you know, because let's say for lack of not knowing, let's say the other house is Jehovah's Witness, you know, and that's what they are. That's what they are learning about. I don't know tons and tons about them, but my, you know, I can, I can see it from your point of view where you're like, well, we are Christian. We want our kids to grow up this way and we don't want them to to be the other way or see the other way or learn about the other way because it's all just noise that's going to take them away from the way that we believe, you know? What I have to say to that is have faith. Be Christian. Give give um, prayer. Give thanks to God. Give praise to God and let God do his thing. Like, really, it's all about faith. If you're a true Christian, then you will pray for your children and you will have faith that God will carry them through and provide a way for them. Yeah, it's really good. And I, I think one of the most underutilized things in Christianity is prayer um, because prayer requires like not being distracted and not being busy and not having input. And that's really hard for us in our culture right now when we are on input overload and have six things going at once. And so prayer, cover your children in prayer. Um. There's a book called Power of the Praying Parent. Get that book. I did it, and it was amazing. It takes you through like a month plus of, of um, like a teaching and a prayer to pray over your children. And there is also Power of a Praying Wife and the Power of a Praying Husband that you, if you're struggling How about the power marriage, of a praying mantis? <laughs> is there? Probably. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to, I, I think your gra- your greatest weapon at, at your disposal as a Christian is prayer. And so that is what you need. You know, don't spend your time in worry. Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I think that's really important that we future pace as if we're, you know, with our children. We're so worried about the future with our children. Um, We're so worried about what's going to happen next time they're at their other parent's house. Or we're so worried about what they're going to turn out to do or turn out to be or turn out to believe. And it's really, um, it's wasted. So God tells us not to do that. God tells us not to worry. God tells us to to really just be present and pray, pray about it. Trust him. So easier said than done. Um, but again, get the book Power of Praying Parent and start praying those prayers and start just praying for protection over your children when they go anywhere, whether it's the other home. I mean, both other homes in, in our situation are Christian too. So I don't, you know, but I still pray for protection whether my kids are at 
outside of my home at the grocery store or at school or with their other parents. But I think that's it's really, really important. So um, and just always keeping the lines of communication open with your children, um, never accusing, never, never um, being being accusatory towards them about any other faith or religion like are you this way or do you really believe that but really just open up space for conversation about it like do you have any questions about what you're learning at mom's house or dad's house you know do you have any questions about what you're learning about here you know and just checking in with the kids and letting them feel safe to express their confusion in a way that doesn't get them in trouble. Yeah. I feel helps. And well, just and also it's just like, it. it's just like parenting or co-parenting. Don't try to debunk the other religion either. Like it'll, it'll go in, it'll happen in its own time, but also, um, you don't want to push them the opposite way. You don't want to, you know, I don't know. You don't want to anyways. Yeah. You don't want to make them feel bad about the other house. That's right. That's really, really, really great advice actually. You just want them to be trust that they're going to find their way to God and trust that God has them and just pray protection over them and let them feel safe to come to you. I think that's all you can do and be consistent. I think you said that up front. Like you just have to not waver and be consistent and they'll see the fruits of your life, the fruits of, of you just trusting God and, and you living that out in real time. Um, again, it's a long game. And it's not something that you're going to get satisfaction in like, okay, I just believe your way. Like That's just probably not going to happen. So to just stay, stay true to your beliefs and your value system and live accordingly. That's all you can do. And I think you've got this. And just continue to listen to this podcast because we will be here to support you. So we just want to thank all of you for listening and tuning in. And if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for being here. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.